Hello everyone and welcome to Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher. I'm Kayla and I'm the yoga teacher half of this duo and yes I'm real to that one person who asked Peter after a gig. I am a real yoga teacher (laughs) and you can join me for yoga from anywhere in the world three times a week online. I also have an online yoga teacher training workshop coming up on the 14th of November all about the nervous system and managing stress and how it affects our bodies. And it's only five pounds. So yeah, if you're interested, please join. All the information is on my website, which is my name, kaylamccormack.com. I hope to see some of you there. And now I'll hand you over to Peter. So Peter, what have you got going on this month? Hi everyone. Yes, this month I am, well I say this every month, I say I'm not doing anything special. I'm basically performing at a variety of mixed bill comedy shows throughout November in the United Kingdom. I'm all over the place, so if you did want to see me at a mixed bill comedy show, live dates are all at peterbrushcomedy.com. Yeah, I'm in Wales, the Northwest, Kent, Norfolk, so yeah, check them out if you're interested. I also wrote a new Substack piece in the last month. Uh, I'm not writing loads of them, I'm trying to make sure they're good rather than prolific, but that's about media and family secrets. It's sort of satirical, supposedly, but that takes about eight minutes to read, according to them. If there's a link to that below in the show description, or look at peterbrush.substack.com. If you want to sign up and subscribe to that, that would be great because I'm not prolific, so you won't be spammed. But I could do with that being a bit bigger than it is. Okay, so uh, the show's coming now. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you do, feel free to spread the word. That's the only way it grows, really, is by word of mouth and stuff. So I appreciate anyone that, that says nice things. I hope you enjoy it. So, how was your holiday? I liked all your pictures. Yeah, it was great, yeah. Was it cold? It's not that cold. It isn't warm. No. But the Gulf Stream means that the actual island itself isn't frozen completely. They've got glaciers, but... Okay. Yeah, it was like 12, 16 degrees. Okay. You should go. It's been on my list. You'd love it, I think. I think you'd have a great time. I sometimes worry that it's going to be really touristy. Well, there were very touristy bits, unlike the Golden Circle tour and stuff. You're just getting in the way of people's selfies. And you sort of think, oh, is yeah. anyone really appreciating being here? Or they're just looking for good photo opportunities? Like, is that how we live our lives now through the prism of what's going to look good on Instagram afterwards? He says having posted free photo dumps of, <laughs> of photos from his holiday. I remember we when we went uh, when we went to Mallorca, and I remember I went up to like it was like a little pool area on the roof, and they had like an, a menu that you could call down the desk and order some things to come up. And then there was a couple beside us, kind of a little ways away, and I could tell there was something like they were a little bit distraught, you know, a bit a bit upset, and it was like, oh, give them some space. And then uh, in the end, I realised because you just can't help it when it's just you and one other couple you're gonna listen in aren't you yeah, I mean? yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> I and, <him>. stick it <laughs> <laughs> and you slide over your microphone no yeah. and um <laughs> and she was saying that she was really angry because he had opened the champagne and she she said she didn't want it she didn't want to drink it she just wanted it for a video for instagram and then she stormed off and i remember thinking like ooh. Ooh. That's pathetic. <laughs> awful. <laughs> like, that was just awful. Like, you obviously thought he was being really romantic and really nice, and he didn't say anything back to her at all, and he didn't even look angry. He looked upset, you know. And it was just like, you know, why would you order... I mean, it's fair enough you want to video your holiday and enjoy yourself, but she literally said she didn't want even want to drink it. She just wanted to take a video of opening it. That's the line I never want to cross. <laughs> 
it's really hard to get news out of America that's accurate these days, to be honest. I think you just have to question everything because oh, yeah. they got rid of those laws around their um, news reporting. So people can just lie now, which uh, is really um, obviously detrimental to the quality of news. But good for entertainment. Yeah, fantastic. If you want to have a laugh at how the world is ending. But uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll give it another year. Maybe things will settle down. I think we all said that last year, didn't we? I've decided there's too many people in the world. So yeah. I went out yesterday, I left the house and went into town. <sighs> so many people. I found like a tree and huddled under it for a bit because <laughs> there was just so many people. I couldn't walk properly. Anyway, I've decided too many people in the world. They'll need to move to Mars. Well, they will eventually, I suppose. So. <laughs> That's going to be about as cheap as university eventually, isn't it? Yeah, Mars University. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of people about, but we need, we need people. We need to send some of them to Mars ASAP. Yeah. Well, it won't be good for GDP if we do that, though. Maybe we can still tax them. If you can afford to go to Mars, you're going to know how to get out of paying tax in a certain country, <laughs> aren't you? You're like, no, my residence in Mars now. Yeah, but can we call it like New New England on Mars? And then you still have to pay tax. Depends what entrepreneur. If Richard Branson gets there first, then maybe. But <laughs> if Elon does, then uh, not. Yeah. <laughs> We do need people, though. The welfare state will collapse if there's not enough people at some point. Working people. I think that's the problem, though, isn't it? It's the working people problem. I saw something recently on the news that said Mm. one in ten people in Japan is over 80 now. Yes, I saw that. Which is crazy, isn't it? I mean... I think the problem is the planet is a a finite size. So I'm not saying we're at that point at all. But Mm. like, if you were to say, like, if you were to imagine the planet as an island... There will be a finite amount of space that you can take up. So we have to find a method that allows it to be cyclical rather than continuously growing to take care of the older generation. You know what I mean? It has to be even rather than, well, we each couple has two kids. Those kids get old. Then those kids need two more. That's a continuous growth. Yeah, the replacement rate, basically. Is that... yeah. yeah. So you can't actually do that. There has to be a, a stopping point. So when we get to that point, which maybe in some places around the world you're at that point now, maybe not, like maybe like in Japan, but at some point they have to find an alternative to help you through that struggle point until it becomes even again, or if it was ever even. All developing nations have lower birth rates. I think we're below the replacement rate now. Um, I think mm. most Western countries are. I think Japan's like the biggest yeah. example because that they've highlighted that as a problem for years but then we're all below yeah. it in the west so that's why immigration like people pretend that they want to stop it but they don't they're more more immigrants since brexit than before they're just from different places mm. so maybe they're contributing to care as actual workforce and also contributing to tax revenues to prop mm. up the welfare state etc but if they become acclimatized to living here then they won't have eight kids and stuff they'll be It'll be the same. So, so it's like a short-term thing. To like the long-term problem is, um, if you look at it in terms of the upside-down triangle of the welfare system and working Mm. people and numbers of people that are in work that need to be looked after by the state, it's our model is uh, struggling by looks of things. So unless robots Mm. and stuff like manage to step in, or loads of us don't have jobs because it's all been taken out by AI because they can write better jokes and stuff, (laughs) then that could change the way I guess the model is. But currently, I say that as someone doesn't have kids Mm. and is not going to have kids, but I sort of think like I'm not anti-natal. 
I think. Like, I'm pro people having kids. Mm. But I hope people have kids, but not. I don't want to do it. So, but, I think <laughs> yeah. perhaps, yeah. yeah. I think perhaps that the reason why you feel like, I mean, this could just be my influence from what I've read and seen, but I feel like sometimes I think the reason why there's this kind of like, almost like you're saying, like a little antenatal, like almost against it, is because there's a lot, perhaps in a lot of places, there's a lot of pressure on women to have kids. And I think that it's just a com- such a complicated subject that if they feel like perhaps they're empowering other women to not feel like they have to or or you know something like that you know what I mean by by being a bit more vocal and a bit more yeah well I mean you shouldn't obviously you shouldn't have to have them if you don't want them but a lot Mm. of people do want them and there's that whole thing about like if you do want them but also pressurize to make sure that you have some sort of career so you don't do it early and then you leave it until you're in your late 30s and then you can only have one and then i think people don't really know what they want though i think most of the time people think they want kids until they have them and then it's horrible so i think that okay (laughs) that probably does happen but Uh, i'm not i I don't mean to be mean i mean everybody loves the kids i know that people genuinely will love you know i think that is like a natural hormone that tends to be excreted especially by the female body after you have a child so there's there's is it oxytocin something oxytocin yeah i think so like when you're breastfeeding and stuff you know there's lots of hormones in the body and stuff that that encourage you to enjoy the experience and so that obviously from a natural kind of evolutionary point of view you want to you know protect the baby keep the baby safe love the baby and some of that is transferred to the to man as well men men have lower testosterone after they have kids Mm. apparently i didn't know that yeah, apparently. there you go. It's in a book I read, so it must be true. So, 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 so I'm not saying that people are going to like grow up to regret ever having the children they've had, but I do think that people haven't had the educational point of view before having children that a lot of them probably need to have. You know, someone needs to sit them down and say, like, this isn't, you know, this is something that will change everything. No longer are you going to want to do the things that you do because you're going to want to prioritize your children above everything else. Do you not really, I mean, I don't know, you probably may be right, but I don't know. Do you not think people genuinely realize the severity of like bringing an entire human being into the world? Do you not think that they realize that? I mean, I've, I know quite irresponsible people that had children quite early on and it sort of, sort of sorted them out, you know, like they're really. Yeah. If they fuck up now, it's a real fuck up. So they've got... Yeah. I think people know that it's a serious thing. Yeah, but do they know before it happens? Well, maybe it doesn't matter always because, you know, you... Just get maybe. on with it, don't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, maybe. I yeah. don't know. But I just think it's worth reminding that it, you know, it's such a big thing. Yeah. It will change your life. And it is a choice. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to do it. At least when I hear people talk about it, it always comes from the point of view of like, don't ask people. You don't want to know their life story. They might be struggling to have kids and they can't. And it's none of your business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't forget people have a choice. You have a choice if you want to have kids. You know, I think like it's more like that's what I see. I mean, maybe that's just because of the algorithms and things want to show me what they know I like. But that's the kind of side of, side of things that I see when I'm noticing things, rather than like anti-natal or, you know, really against okay. it. It's more just like... So the other anti-natal aspects of, of this mm. is that people hate kids, don't they? <laughs> like, in public life, if there's a child on specifically like a plane especially a plane like a train any sort of like that's crying everyone hates the kid right is that a social thing like if you went to another country that was more pro-natal would people 
frown upon you for complaining that there was a child screaming or something. Yes. My mother-in-law told me a story when she lived... I mean, this was a long time ago as well, obviously. But when she lived in the Netherlands, she was on a bus with my husband's older brother. And he was potty training and he needed to go to the loo. And the bus driver stopped the bus. She got off the bus. He had a wee on the side of the road and she got back on the bus. No one would do that now. No, no. (laughs) Here in this country, anyway. I mean, maybe that would be too disruptive. Anyway, I don't know schedules and stuff. But at the time, then, whenever that was, 80s or whatever, that was something that they did. And and I think they were very kind of uh, NATO-friendly in the Netherlands at that time as well. I remember saying her... um, daycare was really really good and stuff like that mm, that's another thing isn't it that so. childcare costs are so expensive as well so that's just these things are off-putting yeah. i mean you're not just having a having a human being is one thing but yeah. the financial aspect of it I and mean, one of the reasons we could go to iceland and spend stupid money on things is because we don't have a child <laughs> so yeah and there's all the other stuff to think about as well like i didn't grow up with obviously the devices that we have nowadays so if i had a child what would be my stance on my young child having your average mobile phone, you yeah, know, a smartphone? Yeah. And and then if you were the parent that says, no, you're not going to have it, it's going to rot your brain, well, then you're that one parent in school. And then there's the environmental impact as well, not having the child, but like, you know, toys and stuff. A lot of toys are very cheap, very plasticky. A lot of toys aren't made to last more than at least, I mean, most a few years, really. Yeah, kids put a lot of pressure on you to buy new stuff all the time, don't you? Or you yeah, and then if you're not, if you, and again, if you're the parent that says, no, are you going to be... The parent whose kid can't have toys. I don't know. <laughs> or just has wooden blocks or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's your wooden spoon in a pan. Yeah. <laughs> Go outside. <laughs> well, you've not convinced me to have them. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. There will be people out there that have been looking forward to it for a long time. My mom always wanted to be a mom. She said that to me when I was a child. That I said, what do you want to be when you grow up, mom? And she said, I want to be a mom. <laughs> so I was like, eh. Fair enough. Well, a lot of people do, but that's the other thing. Is like, is it is it sort of not cool? Because now women can be whatever they want to be. Mm. Yeah, you know, is it not? It's not. Well, I do. I do disagree with that. With like, if you have kids, you sh- should accept that that's going to be your top priority, and expecting yourself to have a career and a child at least for the first five to ten years of that child's life is not a, a reasonable expectation of yourself. So it's a lie that you can have so. it all, isn't it? It is. And people that say they do have got a lot of support networks. And that's the only way you could do it is have your grandparents watch the babies or put them in, in some sort of daycare or have nannies or, you know, stuff like that. And if you don't think you have the capacity to do that, whether that's financial or mental or whatever, you know, some people don't want to give the babies to someone else, you know, then you're not going to be able to do everything. I think maybe we need a little lashback on that sometimes because I think there's this idea that women can do it all. And it's like, to be a bit more realistic with yourself because all you're going to do is tie yourself out and then later down the line feel sad <laughs> yeah, yeah. anyway yeah i don't know was that positive to start? I don't know. no not really yeah. <laughs> also i just say a complete hypocrite because i've just said i'm sort of like kind of pronatal but don't want kids and i complained about the fact that people complain about children being horrible and i don't like children <laughs> so <laughs> But everyone else should have at least three so that the replacement rate is, is up. Just uh, <laughs> yeah. to compensate yeah, for me then... not doing it. In fact, somebody's got to have four for me not doing it, doesn't they? So. <laughs> right, should we talk about abs? <laughs> I don't know how you're going to connect these two into one. I don't one, know. But... 
because you did an ab class on abs recently. We haven't talked about abs. Maybe there's something interesting about what they are and what they do and stuff. Well, I was thinking about it. Oh, sorry, go on. Also, you know, like everyone wants a six pack, right? Don't they? <laughs> it makes me think about that. Have you seen American Beauty? If I did, I was so young, I can't remember it anymore. At one point in that film, Kevin Spacey's trying to like, he starts running and like wants to work out mm. and stuff. And the physical fitness trainer asks him what he wants to achieve through working out. And he says, I want to look good naked. And right. I think abs help there, don't they? So Yeah. But uh, if anyone is coming to my yoga classes for that purpose, you can uh, go find a personal trainer instead. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't like obviously have an impact on your life, but I think um, that is not the focus of a healthy body because I think a lot of the time we've misinterpreted what looking good means. And over the years, it's always changed. I mean, over the decades, over the centuries, it's changed massively. So I think when it comes to those kind of idea of washboard abs, like that's fine. Some people, you know, are prone to it if you if that makes sense you know some people are you know more skinny and tend to have more definition and stuff like that but there's a lot of like especially probably more females than males who actually have quite soft abdominals because obviously with being able to get pregnant abdominals are different i mean they're the same in terms of like yeah they're muscles and they're there but i mean they're you know we everything in the body is very different for a female to a male but like if you're trying to get like those washboard style abs, you know, those little, little yeah. six packs and stuff. And the Diet Coke actually, guy and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually not exactly the most healthy thing you can do for your body. Um, the best thing really is to, is to grow the strength of the stability of the muscles. So I always like to describe it as if you imagine like a puma or a panther or something like that in the forest. And the cat is like climbing the trees and moving around. You wouldn't think like that cats, I mean, the cats can be pretty scary and pretty strong and they're very graceful. And you don't think like, oh, they're super tense. Mm. <laughs> they're not like super tense. They're there and they've got the muscle and they know how to use it and they move in a really healthy way. And that's kind of the idea of strengthening your abdominals. Because when you strengthen your abdominals, so your abdominals are at least three layers, you could think of them like that. So the ones that right at the top, they don't support the spine or at least not as much as the ones that are on the spine. So like you've got like lots of layers of muscle through the through the belly area of the body. And you even have, I know we talked about this in our sitting or anti-sitting chat that we had, where there's that muscle that goes from the spine and attaches to the femur. So it goes from behind the belly button on the spine to the femur at the front of the body to the thigh bone. So that muscle, you've got to counter that muscle. You've got to make sure the abdominals can keep the body straight and strong when that muscle changes shape so that that muscle isn't pulling on the spine and doing things with your spine. So most of the time, having really strong abdominals is just going to give you really good posture. It's probably going to stop you from having back pain. It's going to decrease your desire to sit around too much, like when you have to wait for something and then you're like, oh, find a chair or lean. You know, it's going to reduce your desire to even do that because you won't need to because you'll have that support there. So I think like when you practice things that really hone in that deep strength in the body, it's going to have like a knock-on effect on your whole life. And then maybe when you've got that strength, you could consider doing a few extra crunches so that you get something a bit visible. But you just have to be really mindful. Not all bodies are going to look 
like that. Not all bodies are even going to be able to get the muscles to look like that, even when they work really hard. I mean, there's also something about like, you know, the separation between the muscles and the front. And that's really not a good idea. So that line that, you know, the what makes it six rather than three, the line down the middle. Mm. Some people really em- want to emphasize that line. But honestly, don't nitpick about your body like that because you have no, that's a fascia line. That's a connective tissue. You have no control over what that's going to look like. <laughs> you know, some people complain that maybe they're wonky and stuff as well when they start to get, you know, more more definition in their abdominals. But I think if we start to get so closely focused on something like that, you're just coming out of the healthy mindset and into a more obsessive mindset. It's not a good idea. As mm. long as you are strong, then that's what you're aiming for. I mean, you might see it quite regularly. If you if you go to lots of different yoga classes and studios, you might notice that yoga teachers don't always have abdominals like that. They tend not to have six packs. I don't. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of teachers who don't. Right. And I think it's because it's that's not you don't need that superficial muscle to be strong to be able to do all the things we do. I mean, that's not to say you won't see six packs. Of course you will. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But most well, the, most yoga teachers are probably women, aren't they? So, yeah. So yeah. if women don't have necessarily are less likely to have more pronounced six packs, you will see it less, won't you? Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. Yeah. And like men that are like dead into fitness, they might do loads of other stuff as well, aside from yoga to make themselves yes. all like, you know. Yeah. I started weights. I got some kettlebells last month. And, oh, um, well done. Yeah. So look forward to my new po- podcast, Whey Protein Shakes with my uh, <laughs> kettlebell instructor. <laughs> and we talk about conspiracy theories and <laughs> stuff. I love it. I can't wait. That doesn't, that's <laughs> not going to exist. <laughs> but, but, Oh, so I don't have an instructor. I'm just doing very, very slowly progressing through beginners, how to do things videos so I don't get hurt. Yeah, that's really good. I noticed when I started using weights that it made my yoga classes so much easier. <laughs> you started using weights. Yeah, yeah. When I started, it just was like, I don't know. I mean, and, and just for the listeners as well, you know, I'm talking little weights in my hands, uh, maybe like five pounds each or five kilograms each, sorry. And um, dumbbells uh, sort of. Yeah, kind of like dumbbells. And then uh, 15, 20 minutes, more like 15, to be honest, three or four times a week max. And that's obviously if I'm, depending on what point I am in my feminine cycle as well, I won't obviously do it when I'm menstruating and stuff. Like that is like max what I do. That's if I'm feeling good as well and I'm not busy. And even just doing that tiny little bit, I've noticed a difference doing chaturangas and stuff mm. like that and holding plank and stuff like that. Because obviously I've been focusing on arms as well. So goes so but well yeah. together as well. Mm. And all of the warm up and warm down things I've noticed on like kettlebell videos, they're all doing downward oh, dogs and, that, and, yeah. and like yeah. twists and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It feels good. Uh, I do feel, I mean, uh, yeah. I went for a walk before we went on holiday with a friend and his partner. It was quite a hilly walk and I just powered mm. through it. It was just <laughs> <it's> great. <laughs> I mean, that won't just be a month's worth of doing weights. But yeah, it wasn't taxing at all, which is, is really good to yeah to feel like that. Yeah, I mean, you get a lot from a yoga practice, a lot more than people think. Because obviously, you can get so much. You can you can get your strengthening side of things. Obviously, using weights is always going to add that little bit more. But like, even if you don't use weights, if you're brand new to exercise, then you don't have to use weights. You know, you can just go for your strength and you can get your cardio from your yoga if you go fast and you do lots of sun salutations and vinyasa classes. And then obviously, your stretching is 
very similar in a yoga class than it would be in a cool down from other classes. I have I have people regularly tell me after class, oh, we did this, I do that all the time in my blur class after we do blur or something. And I'm like, yeah, I know, because, you know, moving your body is normal. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, it's the thing, it's, it moves in certain ways. So it's going to overlap and people are going to, I don't want to say nick things from yoga, but I mean, yoga is 5,000 years old. So you could say the nicking things from yoga. You could say. But... <laughs> Specifically abs, though, if you're being on topic, is there what's good about keeping them? Why are so, they important muscles? So obviously it supports the spine, which means it's going to stop you from getting backache, which is really important. But also your breathing is really important. So keeping your abdominals in a healthy, flexible way in that perhaps you could include even up into the intercostal muscles, but the little muscles between the ribs, you know, keeping those healthy, strong and flexible is going to be really important to your breath. And then obviously your breath is really important to your stamina and how much you can move and and how alert you feel as well. So uh, if you ever notice, like if you're doing something a little bit boring and slow, if you hunch over on your computer for like an hour and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm going to fall asleep. Well, it's probably not breathing enough. <laughs> I know it sounds a bit odd, but like you're putting yourself into a state of sleep by, you know, not moving and not breathing deeply and not standing up tall and, you know, stuff like that. So it really does have a lot of impact on everything, but your breath is really important. So I think there is definitely a strong connection between your abdominals and your breath and making sure that there is that focus. And you do get that from your yoga practice, especially if you do an abdominals focused yoga practice, which do exist <laughs> all the crunches and stuff and what bicycles and things yeah we do bicycles you do like lots of toe reaching it kind of kind of gives pilates vibes probably yeah, yeah bridge poses and stuff like that if you've ever done a pilates class it'd be very similar to a pilates class between your breath your spine which is nearly your whole body <laughs> and some tightness in the front of the thighs and the legs having the strong abdominals just brings it all back into balance you know mm. and then it like you're saying it will have a knock-on effect in your whole life i was doing some kettlebell presses earlier on mm. can't you tell yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those biceps are going to even fit into the screen now that you obviously but, um but the guy was saying when you were doing the press up to mm. engage your glutes and and your abs when you were like mm -hmm. so uh, yeah. it was to do with the stability so that you weren't leaning off to one side so you were basically keeping yourself yeah so when you raise your hands above your head so if you ever do talasana in a yoga class with me when you raise your hands above your head as a way of the body to be able to reach higher, you will sway your back. Your belly will stick out and you'll take a tiny little back bend. You have to consciously choose not to do that. So when you're exercising with weights, you have to consciously engage through the abdominals of the front of the body to support the spine, to keep it neutral as you take the weights above the head. So if you're doing like arm stuff, you will always be engaging the abdominals. And when you start to lose that engagement, so like when you're too tired, that's when you need to stop. Even if the arms aren't tired yet, because obviously that must be, you have to be, you're only as strong as your weakest point. Mm. A bit of a shame, but it's the truth, you know. You've got to stop when you're starting to lose that integrity and that stability in other, when whatever area you're feeling it. But there's also a really big difference between like engaging the muscles in the abdominals and sucking in. So I don't, I, I so it's worth remembering that as well, because I think some people find it difficult to understand the difference but an engagement is a tightening of the muscle in which you would might see like a six pack and then sucking in is literally using the diaphragm and the negative pressure from the lungs to 
pull some of the front of the body inward and there's no, no muscle engagement is really needed in the abdominals. In fact, you can be quite soft and suck in, you know, if you're using the lungs as the negative pressure of the lungs to pull it in. So it's worth remembering that sucking in is actually not very healthy for you. I wouldn't really do that. <laughs> I'm not unless you're doing a Kriya or a cleansing technique and it's for a few rounds. Or if you're taking stop, you know, something uh, photographs like that, of yourself for a dating app and you don't want your belly to show, that's what but really you want to tighten and I had one yoga teacher say engage engage your abdominals and then she said you can do it three times and I was like what is she talking about but then she was like engage your abdominals so I was like right okay and then she went now do it again just a little bit more and I was like "Mm, oh yeah and then she's like and again a little bit more and I was like can I do oh yeah (laughs) so I think when you really Mm. think about it you can kind of go deeper and deeper and more and more tight with your abdominals obviously you wouldn't do that when you're just like walking around town you end up looking very stiff (laughs) but like when you're exercising then you could think about how engaged can I go can I go a little bit more a little bit more, a little bit more, until you're like, wow, all the way to my spine. <laughs> so this might be, yeah. um, so again, I suppose, looping back to the front, it's, doing, it's not doing things for Instagram, is it? No. But does it help this? I might have the wrong muscle group, maybe, but is it potentially good for your digestive system? I'm just saying that because it's near. So there's definitely going to be a connection between your abdominals and your digestion, but I think it's actually probably going to be the other way around. So If you're not careful, if you don't have the flexibility in your stomach area, so that usually has a knock-on effect on the spine. So usually it's the spine that's going to stop you from moving around because you've got backache or something like that. But really, you should be able to move left and right and forward and back, you know, do back bends and press forward. If the abdominals are too tight because all you've done is crunches for six months, then that is going to have an effect on your digestion because you should move it needs to be flexible. You know, you need to be able to squidge in, squidgy belly kind of flexible. When things are relaxed, it should be soft, you know. Or you could potentially have a knock-on effect to your digestion to be negative if you're too strong or too too much, again, too much built-up muscle could put pressure in that area. So it's almost the other way around, really, rather than, rather than saying you need abdominals to have healthy digestion. It's more like don't go too bonkers with your abdominals or right. you might okay. mess up your digestion. It's with, the same with everything. It's the same with everything. You, know, you can overdo anything. You have too much of a good thing. You can have, you know, everybody enjoys something, but it's all in moderation, you know. Well, I used to do sit-ups when I was a kid and I didn't really know anything about exercising. Just do some mm. press-ups and some sit-ups. And I mm. thought, if I do enough of these, girls will like me. Did it work? No. <laughs> it turns out that being funny is served me probably a bit better. But then, you know, that's a long game. That's a long game because <laughs> when you're 14 and 15 years old, that is not going to get you anywhere. But I don't think people go out with a clownish person at that stage. I think, well, whatever, it's all in the past now. Isn't it? I don't know, if I could rerun <laughs> the tape, I don't think I could have done things very differently, to be honest. I know I used to hold planks for ages when I was a teenager because I thought that would make things change i don't know and then it became like a challenge like can i hold it for three minutes but i don't know why because <laughs> it didn't do much <laughs> i think at that age when you're a teenager you're just trying to learn what you can do 
mm. and what you can't do and how to challenge yourself and you're building muscle in those years so anything you do is like super easy and helpful and then as you get older like past 30 you no longer building muscle so you have to do stuff to build the muscle it won't come of its own accord in fact you lose it if you don't do anything so bit of a shame but <laughs> but i think probably at that age you probably do you want to look good naked because that's oh what yeah that's why your you're, thought is thinking about it that's right? what you're thinking about that's why you're doing yeah any any of that probably <laughs> you get an ab implant can't you if you really want oh my gosh i forgot about those that's it i thought ai and photoshop was bad yeah. now I can't even trust human beings. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, but you know, you must have or you wouldn't have got this far, right? <laughs> if you have any thoughts on the podcast, we are all ears. Please do reach out. We're going to be taking a little break over December. So stay tuned for more awesome and enjoyable listening starting back up in January. Enjoy the rest of 2023 and here's to an awesome 2024.